Welcome to Try Not to Blink, a podcast about the ups and downs, ins and outs, news, tips, and tricks of those who live the optometry lifestyle. We'd like to thank the amazing people at Valley Contacts who made this podcast possible and all of the amazing lenses that they have, the custom stable scleral lens making uh, clear vision true for all those cones and other weird corneas out there. My name is Dr. James Diem. I am excited to be with Dr. Roya Habibi tonight. We always are regenerized, you know, rejuvenated when we see, you know, you guys out there in the world and you say, hey, I think I know you or "Oh, I've heard your voice and oh, you know, I love this episode. And um, in fact, I just had a call from one of the interns that I've had over the last couple of years. And he was like, I just listened to the episode about, you know, Ukraine and that, uh, you know, um, Viola, lovely optometrist who uh, had that personal experience, uh, you know, with with uh, growing up in war torn Russia. Um, so anyway, it's just always nice that you get that uh, feedback from people and you're like, OK, we're not just talking to our computers. So thank you for that. We appreciate it. You know, Roya, I do have one question for you, and I, I do want to go through this a uh, little bit in a future episode. What's the first step in fitting a corneal gas permeable lens? The discussion <laughs> about wearing a GP. Ah. The talk. I think that would be what I would the, say is the, the first. Talk. Yeah. I, I don't want to do all this talk. work and make you a beautiful lens okay. if you're not going to wear it. I want to know if you're committed to a, a GP lens. And I want you to know the perks, the pros and cons. Okay. That's usually step one. But you want to know mm-hmm. physical step mm-hmm. one, or is that what you're looking okay. for? Okay, physical step. Yeah, no, no, no. Then physical step one. That's step right. Step one is Let's I gotta it. walk and get my fitting kit. <laughs> okay, do, do, is that is well, that true for you? You you do a fitting kit. I think it depends. Is this a, like a normal eye, or does the patient have keratoconus or some irregularity? If it's an irregular eye, then I use a fitting kit more most of the How time. How about just a normal eye with uh, stigmatism? If it's a normal eye. To be honest, no. My my step is the conversation, measuring accurate Ks, getting an accurate refraction, double checking if I had a technician help me refract, and then calling my lab. Because my first step is typically going to be an empirically ordered lens. Got it. Yeah, no, I hear you. And um, when you do that and you get the lens and you put it on the eye, what are you looking for? So I'll put the lens on the eye. I add some fluorescine and I'm looking for any obvious corneal touch. I'm looking for some mild pooling under the center of the lens. I'm looking if the lens is lid attached or not, depending on their uh, upper eyelid, how much it covers. Ideally, uh, your textbook lens has a little bit of lid attachment if they have a more maybe a superior scleral show or a higher upper lid, then I want a nice interpalpebral fit, ideally. I'm going to look at the edges as well. I want to see a little bit of fluorescein around the edge of the lens. And I want to see a little movement when the lens, when the patient blinks, if there's no movement. What if movement, it's then- jacking all over the place and it's like, you know, that's, a, I think the biggest issue that I run into is that it's like totally. it's moving all over the place. 
Well, first things first, if they're just putting the lens in and they're there, they've never worn a GP before, then most likely they're tearing a lot. And so I just actually put the lens in and tell the patient to shut their eyes. I usually actually, <laughs> I'll put it in and I'll, I'll be like, I'm going to be right back. <laughs> and I'll walk out of the room for a minute to maybe even just like take a break for myself, but let them chill. Cause I don't need to sit there and wait for them to kind of compose slash not that I'm don't want to be part of that, but the patient needs a little time to just kind of settle down and let the lenses settle in their eyes. Cause majority of the time, even a couple minutes out of the room, you come back and that eye, the lens is not moving all over the place. Um, they're like, okay, yeah, it's not as bad as it was when you first put it in and they're not tearing a bunch, right? Their tearing has, has calmed down a little bit. And so that's, that's my trick. Number one, don't make your first impression on when you first put a lens in, especially for a patient who's never worn a GP before. But then if it is moving around a lot, I'm going to look to see, is it too flat or are the edges way too loose? Because those are usually your bigger things. If the lens is tight and really steep, it's not usually going to move at all. Right? Because right. it's going to suction on or the edges are, if it's really steep, there's going to be a ton of fluorescein under there. And it might bob around a little, but it's usually moving down because it's heavy and not all over the eye. So usually if it's moving too much, it's too flat or the edges are far too loose. Hmm. I like that. You know, I think I, I just, um, I don't know if you ever get into this, but you know, doing as many sclerals as we all do, you kind of get into the scleral mindset and you know, you're looking totally. for like vault and you're looking for edge alignment and you're looking for totally. like a suctioned on lens and no movement yes. or very little movement. You know, when you see a lens, it's like bopping all over the place. You know, it's just, uh, um, sometimes it is very, uh, like hard to, in my mind, you know, figure sometimes it's just like, I don't even know what to do here. You know, it needs to be tighter cause it's moving too much, <laughs> like, you know, but, <laughs> but is that really what I should be doing? Maybe I should make the diameter bigger to get lid attachment, you know? That's um, true. I mean, but the thing is realistically, a, you do have to switch your hat cause, the way you would change a scleral lens versus the way you change a corneal lens is a little bit different, but it isn't really exactly what you said. You can either go larger. Sometimes larger helps sensation. Larger also inherently steepens the edge and it also steepens the overall fit a little bit. If you think about it, your lens covers more surface area and it ends up being tighter if you don't change anything else. So if your edges are perfect and you make the lens bigger, you usually should flatten your edges a little bit. But honestly, these are all nuances. If you have an issue and you're not sure, A, make sure the patient waits long enough and their eyes stop watering. I Even if I know it's someone who waters a lot or has really sensitive eyes or I'm not sure they're going to succeed or they're going to be scared a little bit, I'm going to put a little propericane or a little numbing drop in before I put it in when I'm trying to get some data because then their eyes not watering as much. I can over refract a little bit easier. Their first impressions a little bit easier, especially with good vision. And it's a little bit easier to do the whole process, especially in learning how to, if you're also in a learning visit where they're doing their INR or their training as well. But I think the big thing, and we say this all the time, but take a little video, send it to your lab, right? Just like any other time, there's a couple things you can do. And yeah, you can figure it out yourself. But if the base curve generally lines up with what the patient's base curve is, the clearance looks pretty good, their edge looks fine, then I think going larger or tightening the edge would be your answer. Yeah, but fantastic. Again, you got or, your consultants. 
There you go. That's what I was just about to say. Or you can Send reach that out video to over the consultant. And I think, you know, Valley Context just hired a new consultant, right? Am I right about that? There's a brand new. Right. There's a There's a bro. A bro rocking it out. There now. is so, a gent who's who's joined gent. the consulting team. Right. Am I right? Yeah. I so think you're right. Is, I just saw that email. I don't think I met him yet. I haven't heard in his... his uh, his hello. I haven't heard it yet. I have I'm, yet to hear it yet, but I'm excited. Yeah. Everyone they've had on their consulting team has always been standout always rock star. So yep. I am I'm sure new, that he's going to be great. facility there, so larger footprint and, you know, all that, you know, very exciting stuff. So I think that's – so we're excited to meet the gent, as you, as you put it. I like that. That's good. Are doing it. All right. I have the, like – like biggest heart right now because I've been waiting, like I've been, we've been like trying to schedule, but it's just never happened. And like both of us have busy lives, but I'm super excited to introduce our guest tonight. It is Dr. Christy. I want to say Farson, but it's not anymore. Jackson. She is a classmate of mine from UC Berkeley. Back in the day, we graduated together. Really cool history. I want to just say a little bit aside Prior to UC Berkeley, she went to UC Santa Barbara for school, took a little gap before starting optometry school, lived in Tahoe, was just like the coolest person alive, then came back, did optometry school, and then decided after school, I'm going to move back to Tahoe and open my own clinic there, right? She actually purchased a practice there. Um, Meanwhile, also, I'll say in like the depths of optometry school. So whether you're in school right now or you just remember those days and those weeks where you had the most going on, Christy was competing for UC Berkeley's triathlon team. Come on, seriously? <laughs> yeah. We just yeah. became best friends. <laughs> I, I literally like I literally just <laughs> signed up for a triathlon. Wow. Yes. I, I, I'm not even kidding you. Like three seconds ago. Whoa. That's what oh, took you so like long. That's what the link didn't That's work. Impressive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, just a double, I was, you're, you're, I was double dipping. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Well, good for you. Right. What, what kind of yeah. triathlon? Um, I've uh, I signed up for uh, it's called Tin Man. It's up in uh, yes. upstate New York. It's a half nice. iron. Yep, Ooh. yep. It's Something in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've done quite a few. I've, I'm signed up for Lake Placid Ironman this year, as well as uh, Chattanooga Ironman. Awesome. Just doing yeah. all yeah, the yeah. irons. Here we go. You're going to well, turn into one afterwards. <laughs> no. Okay. On that same note, this is yes. one of the coolest things that I think that she's I done. I didn't know this about her. This she is great. also, I think you did this. If not, I just remember you were about to do it. But she was involved in the Paralympics, I believe, guiding visually impaired people as nice. they competed, which is super cool. Oh, and it is frightening to be on a double bike going way too fast. Uh, you're like the eyes, but you're not really uh, in charge of how fast you're going. And damn, some of these <laughs> blind athletes can pedal. So, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's cool. Really cool. <laughs> when did you do this? Was this like right after school? Yeah, I never actually was in the Paralympics with my partner, but it was during school. And we would cruise the Berkeley Marina and then go up and down the hills. And oh uh, my god, yeah! But I was I was seriously fearing for my life the whole time. <laughs> so yeah. she didn't make it, or you just didn't go any further? Uh, no, I was like, I gotta stop this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too nervous. I'm just gonna get my own little bicycle here. No, and then and then it was rotations, and it was time. Yeah. It was time to leave. Stuff got in the way. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so now you are 
the owner of Truckee Family Eye Care. Yes. Truckee, for those who don't know, is north of, of Lake Tahoe. Okay. It's an adorable little town. Was it like a mining town or something? Or like, do you know the history of Truckee? Yes. It was uh, like a railroad town building the railroad mm. that connected Reno to Sacramento. So but okay. it goes it goes way back. Like our downtown is all built around like 1890. So yes. for East Coasters, that not, might not be way back. But for us Californians, yeah. that's like yeah. as old that's as like it gets. My house was built in 1890. <laughs> yeah. But we're, we're really close to Lake Tahoe. So we are just a quick 15-minute uh, drive to the lake. And we have lots of awesome. ski resorts around us. Uh, so it's kind of a tourist destination, but uh, plenty of us who live here full time. How is it practicing in a like a in a tourist place? Like, how does that? I mean, I think, you know, every now and again, I'm at a tourist place and I'm like, you know, I bet you sunglasses would kill it here, you know, or like, you know, but then I'm like, I don't know. Like, do you really want to buy Like, so I just, I'm wondering, you know, so is it more, you don't get like people coming on vacation per se, or do you? I don't know. Well, how's it, how's that work? <clears throat> yeah. Well, no, we, we get a lot of people saying, I lost my contact. Can I borrow one? I'm on vacation. They're like, oh, yeah. Fine. What do you um, say? Uh, that? <laughs> Are you just nice I, and say I, sure? I use- I do. So now everyone who's going to be vacationing in Tahoe knows where. <laughs> right, right. Um, no, but uh, we, you know, originally I was like, okay, we're maybe we're going to want some kind of advertising or storefront that's going to appeal to people who are out of town. But um, we have a big enough population that we really cater to the full-time residents. Although a lot of people have second homes up here and uh, mm-hmm. it's been sweet just really capturing a lot of these second home owners. They'll find yeah. it's a lot easier and convenient for them to get their eye care uh, done up here. And um, so then those are always really great patients to have because they tend to like nice things. True. Yeah. Yeah. True. Cool. Very cool. Why Where are people you... coming from? Okay. Uh, sorry. I'm, you know, all these answers, Roya, <laughs> but a lot of people don't. <laughs> yeah, where, where, where do people um, have, <laughs> a second home from when they live in Tahoe? Like anywhere? Could they be from New York? Uh, no, Could they be mostly, mostly the Bay Area. San okay. Francisco, yeah. Um, we certainly get a lot of people from all over the country and the world. I've got a lot of international patients, actually. But um, cool. Cool. most people, because it's a three-hour drive from the Bay Area, so this gotcha. is their like, mountain getaway. Yep, yep, yeah. gotcha. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. And um, did where did you say you grew up? I missed that. I apologize. Uh, I wasn't mentioned. I grew up in Southern California. Okay. Yeah. You so, didn't want to be a beach bum? You didn't want to stay? In well, Soquel, that's a funny bro. part of the story, actually, because Let's hear it. Sorry. Uh, Christy, Sorry, Dr. Jackson. No, I know, but it just kind of like oh. fell in perfectly. Her father is an optometrist, correct? Yes. Oh, get out. And has a practice in Orange County area or somewhere around there. I probably said the wrong city, but. No, you're right. Yeah, he did. And I, I actually didn't want to be an optometrist because I was so worried about like, oh my God, I don't want to just follow my dad's footsteps. Um, but we have a great relationship. And um, he kept being like, I think you're going to actually really like it. And I'm like, okay, well, let me, maybe, maybe I'll seek this out, but I'm going to do my own thing. So um, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm like, and I'm not going back to Orange County, no offense to all you Southern California listeners, but <laughs> uh, I felt much not your more vibe, home. huh? Yeah. I mean, I love, I like the beach, but um, it's so awesome to live in, in up in the mountains where we are. It's just like a year round playground. And uh, I, I really, yeah. the people who tend to gravitate towards this area, they just, they want to have fun and get outside. 
And uh, that was the lifestyle that I like to leave. So, uh, but my dad was very helpful in uh, starting the practice and just being someone I could call for advice. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, from so I'm from Southern California, but been up here since 2007. Very cool. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about how to, I mean, assuming in a small town, I'm sure you have competition, but maybe lesser competition than in like a big city. But how do you mm-hmm. stand out to your sporty folk, right? Like how did you, what are the things that you did as you, you know, cultivated your style of practice to try and stand out to those people? Yeah, absolutely. I um, I kind of just decided I'm going to kind of build the practice that I want to work in and like the environment that I want to be every day. And, uh, and this started patients just started coming in and we're all kind of like-minded up here. A lot of us are. So um, I knew right off the bat that our demographic up here, younger, pretty healthy. We just don't have a lot of, of diabetes, hypertension. Like we've got 70 year olds that are out like just skiing and biking and running and doing all the things. So um, after practicing for a year, I'm like, you know, the the most successful business I'm going to build here is going to be, family oriented for people that live here year round, um, not a lot of elderly people and mostly healthy. And so we decided to really like make our optical shine and just provide like as high end of service as we can. So people come in happy and it's like building those year to year relationships um, for making lifelong patients. And um, the optical that I took over was pretty much like (laughs) just shitty frame. Just, you know, frames bought like in bulk from a box in the garage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so we totally just flipped it. And I learned a lot in that process. Um, Like the advice I was given. So um, one, like we pretty much cut all Exotica because I knew that that's always going to be competitive in all the big box stores online. And um, it just kind of aligned with our like independent optometry values. And it's, it's just more fun. Yeah. And it was scary, like thinking, okay, we're not gonna be able to like sell Oakley and Ray-Ban, but um, you find these lines that, that work with you and then people get excited when they see it. And um, you, you kind of like learn the story behind the brand and it, it helps sell them. Um, and then I just had to experiment like a lot with, um, what works best for different sports. And we don't learn a lot of that in optometry school, the whole optical uh, side of things. And luckily now I've kind of been able to pass that off to an optician, but man, we've, we, I feel like we've really dialed in like, okay, so you're primarily like to mountain bike and then golf and ski. Like, let's get you set up for that. So what do you do for someone like that? Yeah, let's go. I want to hear it. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, we hardly do any gray tents. Uh, I am like kind of against the gray tents, especially for anyone who's over 60 because cataracts are trying to form and they need that enhanced contrast sensitivity. So um, we're a big fan of the ambers, brown tints, a G15 if someone likes the darkness factor, but we still want to give them some enhanced contrast. Um, a lot of our golf courses here and our trails, they're in and out of the big, big trees and forests we have around. So mm. we're trying to work with something that will like handle the super bright sunlight because it's it's pretty sunny up here, but be able to work in the shadows. Um, yeah. And that's where I found brown. Um, 
is kind of the best. We also do a lot of like, if we're gonna have a polarized tent, but someone wants something that's working in the like late hours, we get this a lot for people who mountain bike after work. Um, we go with the category A polarization, which <laughs> most polarized are C. Okay. Whereas A, it's a lighter, lighter polarization. And then we huh. usually buddy that up with a tent. Um, and yeah, and that's been super successful. Um, My mind is just blown. I didn't even know that was a thing. So <laughs> it's a thing. Let me let me ask you what lens design you're asking for that. You know, in other words, like is that a? I don't know. Like what what lens has? Can you say I want an A, B, or C, or is it all of them? And I just didn't know that lens as a um, brand, or what do you mean? Yeah, I mean a brand. Yeah. I mean polarized. Is it a Maui Jim? Is it a um, a Kodak? Is it a you know what is it? What kind of lens is? That yeah, well, that you can um, do that with. Yeah, we work mostly with like more of the independent labs as well. Mm -hmm. So no, I don't. I don't know if you could do that with with some of the preset type of optics. Is it a uh, is it a local lab that you use? Yeah, or? we use. It's called Sierra Lab, and they're in Reno. And then we also Sierra. use yeah. Um, there's one in uh, the Bay Area called Badass Optical. And for like really specific tenting jobs, we'll use them. Um, and then we also use Zeiss. Okay. Um, Zeiss has great mirrors. That's another thing. Like it's, you can totally geek out with patients. They just, people love their sunglasses up here. Um, <laughs> and uh, so. So how do you, do you have like a ton of little, do you have like a ton of lens swatches? Like, do you, you share, you, you yeah. say like, Hey, this is what it would look like. And do you, is it, do you, do you do that? Or your opticians kind of. Yeah. Now, now my optician does. I have an optician just loves to geek out. It's like, perfect. I'm like, this is wonderful. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll take a lot of what we'll do is we'll take some sunglasses that will work well as they're ophthalmic, you know, everyday wear glasses, but they look cool sunglasses. So we'll have our lab put some samples, some mm. Plano samples in there. So throughout our board, you can try some different tents. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, oh, another cool thing we're doing with tents. So I feel like living up here because everyone's skiing and, and it, unfortunately that what happens is people get concussions. So we've ended up doing a lot of post-concussive special tents. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. And there's this one called FL 41 and, mm -hmm. um, we, we really do well with that for people who are, um, you know, suffering with light sens photosensitivity and, and just needing some more comfort there. What cool. do you say for people who are, <clears throat> you know, big skiers, if they want, do people get prescription ski goggles? Oh, yeah. We, we do a lot of those. Um, so there's this universal insert that we found. It, it's actually made by Bole, I believe. And it just rocks. You can put, it has these like kind of bendy little haptic like arm things that you, you can put into almost any ski goggle, except for like the kids ones. Those are a little too small for it. So for ones that they don't fit in, do you just tell people to wear glasses with it or what are, what's another solution? Yeah, you can get, you can wear glasses over certain, uh, sorry, goggles over certain frames. Um, I mean, ideally contacts, right? True. But not everyone yeah. can do that. So okay, um, we also do a lot of glacier glasses. Um, so those are, yeah, they're um, they're flatter lenses, so they're not glasses that wrap. But then they have um, usually like a leather, or sometimes they make them plastic, uh, like siding around them, so you don't yeah. get any um, reflective sun hitting you from the behind. 
And uh, so those do really well with high prescriptions or people that just want to look like they're climbing Mount Everest from like 1950. (laughs) It's like a trendy thing, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's kind of trendy. It's like, I earned these, you know? (laughs) Uh, I spent a lot for them. (laughs) Is that like a a style or is that like a brand, Glacier Glasses? Um, It's a style. Okay, okay. Style. So um, does anybody make them that you carry? Yeah, Varnay makes them. Um, and okay. I'm trying to think who else. It's primarily Varane is the brand we use for those. Okay, Very cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. I love this. Okay, uh, this is going back a sec, but let's talk about like one or two independent lines that like just have really done well in your practice. Really fun, or really just mm. people love them and want want them all. Yeah, I guess like the first like fun brand I started with was Woo. Just love Woo. And now we, we also carry Fossa Foss. Um, and so those just, the colors, the acetate, they're beautiful and they're fun. Um, and then let's see, I'm trying to think like, we've um, kind of our m- middle line, we, we do really well with Garrett Light. Um, they're out of California, Southern California. And that's just like, kind of really a cool, uh, not such a funky, fun style as Fossifos, but um, they're just, they look good on most people. And, and that seems to be really popular right now. Um, a fun story yeah. behind Garrett Light. I'll let you tell the story. But if for a brand, if you've never heard of Garrett Light before, you probably have heard of their dad. Oliver Peoples. See. Yeah. Yeah. So. Garrett's the son of the founder of Oliver Peoples. Mm. I think his name was Larry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think. Not as cool as Oliver. <laughs> no. <laughs> so he's like, I can't use my own name. I'm going to have to change this up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then um, I, I will say, actually, I, I, I broke my little rule. We do carry one Luxottica brand, and that's Costa. Okay. Um, they just, we have a it lot wasn't of wasn't always, you might've been carrying it before it turned into a Luxottica. Well, we were, brand, though, right? That's like, the same thing what? with us. Our rep is super awesome. And, and we're yeah. like, yep, you're, you're still. Do you do a lot of, of Costas? We do. Yeah. 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 They've got, Costa I mean, does make a good lens, right? Like, I mean, of course the frames are beautiful right? and yeah. is it's something they about like their lens. polar up. The polarization they do is unique or something like that? Yeah, and they, they do glass, which is kind of cool for some people. And um, But they just really optimize it for being able to see through the water. And so um, it just it's just a nice product. And, and people love that brand. They, they get connected to it. It's true. <laughs> so, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a comment that just for everyone who doesn't know, Christy has given me a ton of advice as I've started to, I mean, I've actually gone to her to get a lot of advice and bothered her about a million different questions. But one of the comments she says a lot as a practice owner that I think everyone should hear is if you build it, they will come. Right. So I just, I think it rings true, right? You provide something great, you build it and people do come. I mean, what, tell me about (laughs) that, what that comment means to you. You've said it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I know. Because, I mean, I think uh, it's contagious if you're passionate about something. And um, for me, I just, I knew I wanted to like be excited about my work environment. And so we, I I guess advice, 
I get like we really went all out in making our our office look unique and just have like just like its own flair, I guess. Um, I just didn't want to be like with the boring colored walls and the boring like carpet floors and just I don't know. I, I just wanted to like add some some variety and um, and it was I was really young when we opened. I mean, it was right out of school when we started it, and I was I'd taken over the patient base from you know sixty something year old retiring guy who'd worked man who'd worked there for a long time, and so every single patient's like, oh my god, are you the doctor? Blah, blah, blah. And I was <laughs> yeah. just like, yes, I just like owned it. I'm like, yeah, it's like a new wave of optometrists coming through, and um, the staff was excited because we were changing things up, and um, and I just. I don't know. It's, it's fun to like kind of feel proud of, of what you've created. And then it's a lot of work and then you hit a plateau and you're like, okay, what's next now? And um, word of mouth has been, we, we've really hard, haven't had to do any marketing because word of mouth is just so powerful. Like when someone walks in and they can, I think, feel the excitement of what you've created, they tell their friends and then they yep. tell their friends. And that's also a huge plus of being in a small town. True. Uh, word of mouth just travels quick. It, for better or worse, I suppose. But I mean, I would yeah. argue that even in a big town, it's like when you find something that oh, feels yeah. special and valuable to you or something unique that maybe you hadn't experienced before, word of mouth is strong regardless. You you don't want to have to sift through the masses of options regardless of where you are. So I think yeah. providing a special experience is super important. And that is one yeah. of your best assets, right? Yeah. And, uh, and it's delivering good all around patient care. You know, that also obviously speaks a lot, but then when people leave with rad eyewear, they're advertising for you on their face as well. Yes, so. that's true. That's so yeah. true. What are some things for, you know, fresh grads or people who are, you know, like brainstorming or thinking maybe that they do want to purchase a practice? What are maybe some, you know, pearls into the idea of even just like what to look for. Is there anything that's a bad idea, especially in buying someone else's practice or I don't know, just anything yeah. you have to say in, when it comes to that part of it? Well, for me personally, I, I picked where I wanted to live. And then like, that was, I, I mean, got to practice where you want to be living, I think is important. Um, and the way I did it was kind of looking for a practice that could really um, pick up the volume and just what it had to offer. So you kind of get it cheaper because they're not turning the same profit necessarily. And, and then you just can make it your own, but it was very helpful to acquire a patient base. Um, if that hadn't been an opportunity in Truckee, I probably would have tried to build up my own completely cold, but it was, it was really nice. So I, I started just <laughs> kind of going around to any, semi-retirement aged optometrist and introducing myself, giving them my card, like sitting in the lobby till they finally would come out and meet me. And uh, in the first year, I worked in a few different private practices, just trying to learn as much as I could. And I picked the brains of their staff, their office managers, the doctors themselves, and um, everyone in optometry, like they really, I think people like to share like their knowledge they've learned and they get excited when they see someone trying to create their own thing. So I got a ton of just great advice that first year by putting myself out there. Um, and then something, you know, there's all these um, groups that can really like help you with a fresh start, but some of those get kind of expensive. And I found if you just join most of the, the buying groups, they have awesome consultants and um, we really took advantage of um, kind of some of, those like free 
What are some of the groups that you're involved in? Well, I used to be part of IDOC and that was, that was really helpful. Um, and I, I just went to a recent meeting and they've, they've got a lot of new consultants like built, they have these awesome services. If you don't want to run your eyewear or your, your optical, they come in and they'll really like help optimize it for you. We had, um, up here, we have like a local nonprofit that helps businesses. And so like my husband who mostly does like our payroll and that sort of thing, he just jumped in on that and they came over and like taught him QuickBooks. And that was just like a community service and it was sweet. Um, we also use like right now we're in PECA. And so they've got a lot of business consultants that um, we call up all the time and just show them our numbers, ask for advice. Um, so I would say if you're young and, and thinking about it, yeah, just go around and, and try to collect people's uh, different stories and advice. And they're probably going to give you numbers to, to pursue. And I don't know. It's just there's a lot of help out there. You just have to be willing to seek it. I love that. You just have to ask. Yeah. Um, you mentioned this and I think it's worth kind of, you know, talking about just for a minute. You have a pretty cool uh, business arrangement, if you will, with your partner, husband, huh. who happens to also be named Pat. Yeah, Patrick's. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I go. know. There's a lot of similarities between me and Roy here. <laughs> <laughs> but give us a tip with working with your partner. Actually, say what like what your roles are and then also a tip. Yeah. So he's, he's not medical at all. And he, yeah. So he, he pretty much knows nothing about optometry and that's okay. Cause I, I want to know nothing about QuickBooks. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So um, <clears throat> we actually, how it is set up now is he has a private office upstairs in like a loft space in our current building. Um, but so we work together, but we don't like, we really don't see each other. We just really completely delegated what is what, and we, we trust each other to, to do the job. Um, there's every now and then obviously some crossover that's got to happen, but um, <laughs> it's awesome because he cares so much about how well the business is doing, um, which is great. Ideal, but yes. he totally trusts me to be running the, you know, obviously the optometry end, the clinical end, but also uh, I deal face to face with the staff and he kind of does the behind the scenes. And it's been great. Um, we were fortunate to be able to have him leave his lap, his previous career kind of, I think around year two of our business opening up. Very cool. And uh, yeah. Love that. So basically your tip is be on two separate floors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, make sure that if you want like fresh coffee in the morning, you give that to him to make sure. That <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, I feel really lucky that, that uh, we can like work together, but not just completely step on each other's toes. It's important. Um, yeah. Very cool. Well, Jimmy, I'm going to let you ask this time. I usually do, but you should. Well, there's really all this stuff that we talked about was really pointless because it all comes down to this. This is all people are going to remember. We need to know your spirit animal. It is the animal that defines who you are. Oh, man. Gosh, so much pressure. Um, I, I'm going to go right now with a cheetah. The cheetah. Ooh, a cheetah. <laughs> the cheetah. cheetah. Fast, kind of sneaky, or you could nice. just lounge around. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I also, no. I'm just, I love running. I, I, I love running. So love, I like it faster, feels good. 
I yeah, I just I I just can't uh not do it. That's great. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. I don't, if I don't run, I become a really weird, angry person. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I've been on a total <laughs> drought. I'm probably 30 pounds overweight and, you know, just uh not doing any of that right now and that's why that's why i'm signing up for stuff we were just saying mm-hmm. because i just i need to get my button gear it's like i just <laughs> i need to have something to work towards something to drag me out of bed a little bit earlier but anyway um, one more thing to add you, to your plate yeah, yeah no, i have right? to do it though because i do I, I identify with what you mean by feeling better mm-hmm. you feel just more human more driven yeah. more motivated and- more awake more alert more everything yeah <clears throat> That's why I had to do an optometry school too. I seriously, yeah. I'm like, I'm not a productive person if I can't go physically move my body. Yeah, absolutely. What is your husband's spirit animal? <laughs> oh man, I would say, um, well, he's, I mean, sloth would be mean. Uh, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say it. I just, I just, I just felt he like you were gonna say like sloth. I'm like, she said cheetah. <laughs> I would say like a, no more. Let's go with like a seal or some animal that likes to play. Like he likes to play like sports that involve like balls and goals and like making things like. He likes to play with balls. He likes yeah. to play with his balls. Yeah, yeah I was like good. that. So yeah, and he smiles. Seals oh. smile a lot, and they yeah, lounge he's a lot. Quite a happy. He's quite a happy person. So, yeah, yeah. I like did, that. Did Did you say he went to um, school with you guys or no? Like no, I know he's but, not an optometry, but I just meant like. Yeah, he was part of the. He was part of the four years. So yeah. he's part of the. We clique. got we, we got married during optometry school. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And I really appreciate all the insight. I literally was scribbling notes myself. Um, (laughs) If people want to learn from you about what you've done, how you've run your optical, how you've run your business and your life, how can they reach out? Uh, So... Is, does this for you like give an email? Sure, email <laughs> or whatever you want. Like <laughs> message you yeah. through your, your Twitter handle, computer, your, uh, your website, or name. I don't know. People might have questions. I don't know. Yeah, you, you can email me at uh, drjackson at truckyo.com. So cool. that's and then also uh, I'll just put a shameless plug out there. Yes. If there's any you know, uh, adventure, outdoor, loving optometrist that wants a part-time job in Tahoe. Oh, dang. certainly email me. Yeah. That way I can go visit Roya more often in Costa Rica. <laughs> there you go. Um, I want to join right. her in these surfing lessons. So um, <laughs> seriously, yes. Yeah. So Dr. Jackson at Chucky. <laughs> O.com. Done. Or, I'm going to yeah. link it to the show notes. Perfect. Reach out. I've visited her practice yeah. before. It's beautiful and gorgeous and it's true i literally drove from north tahoe to her practice in like 12 minutes and passed what is it north star halfway in between it was unfair yeah we've got all sorts of ski resorts right here so cool really cool amazing well thank you again so much i really appreciate it great thanks for having me yeah this is fun Well, that's it. Before we go, reach out to us for feedback, questions, stories, things you want us to talk about, either through email or on our Instagram or Facebook. We never depart without saying thanks to Valley Contacts for their support, both the amazing lenses they make and the great people they are to work with. And be sure and tune in and listen to our next episode. But until then, try not to blink.